0: You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, your host here, Colt you bringing you daily Wolves content. I am joined by... Uh, well first of all, he's he's a pizza aficionado for Little Caesars Pizza. <laughs> he also covers uh the NBA the Timberwolves, he covers the uh the Vikings, he has a podcast about the Vikings, about the labor. Drew Mahold, thank you for joining the show. No
0: problem. Thank you for having me. It should be fun.
1: Absolutely. So today we have a we have a very special show today. Drew is on where he's going to give us our ex, his expertise on the playoff situation. We're doing a, a little March Madness themed uh, podcast here. We're we're bringing March Madness to the NBA. Here's how it works. We have one through eight seeded out. We have two one seeds, two two seeds, all the way down to eight. The catch is is that it's a little bit of a draft, a little bit of March Madness bracketing where we have the uh, The one seed, or all the seeding, you can go either east or west. We're drafting east or west who our our one seeds are. It doesn't matter which side they're on, they can be one seeds. And right down through the eight seeds. Also, these are the teams we think are finishing out the year in the playoffs as playoff teams. So some of these teams maybe aren't even in the playoffs right now, but we think they'll finish out as playoff contenders. Drew, are you ready for this show? Yeah, I
0: think I am. Let's do this.
1: It should be fun. I'm i going to start off, we're going to go through the first couple really quickly just because I think these ones are pretty obvious. My one seeds are Golden State and Houston. The two one seeds I have are the Rockets and the Warriors. I think that one goes without saying. That was pretty obvious.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though, if uh, you know, it looks like Golden State's kind of coasting in uh, as the two seed in the West. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the Steph Curry birthday party. Um uh, <laughs> But the Warriors canceled practice the next day, so it doesn't seem like they're too. Uh, You're taking the one seed race too seriously, so maybe they're getting too cocky. But uh, I don't know. They're basically saying to Houston, "We don't care if we play Game
1: Seven at your place; we're going to win." So I saw that. I saw some uh, sick dance moves from uh, Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Warriors, <laughs> breaking it down. Getting jiggy with it. Uh, uh, my two seeds, uh, Toronto Raptors are my first two seed. I think that one isn't surprising as well. Portland Trailblazers, as I have as my other two seed. This one might be a little controversial. I have been on the Damian Lillard bandwagon uh, since uh, uh, were State, and I have loved him all the way through his NBA career, uh, I have argue, I've been the guy arguing that he should be a perennial All Star, basically his mm-hmm. entire career. Even though there's so many good point guards in the Western Conference, I am, have always been a big Damian Lillard fan. I really like C.J. McCollum, and I was also uh, part of the the crew that really like Zach Collins and uh, Caleb Swanigan uh, for the the revamping of their front court with young guys. So I love this team that they have. I like Shabazz Napier. And I I am all in on the Portland Trailblazers. Who do you have as your two seeds?
0: Yeah, I agree with Toronto. Uh, I think that they're especially right now. They're really heating up. They look like a, a team that could really challenge either you know Boston or Cleveland or whoever it is uh, for that you know, Eastern Conference title essentially. Um, so I have them as a two seed. I also have Boston as one, well. uh, but I do like Portland. And uh, you'll hear me talk about Portland shortly. Um, but I, I have Boston as number two. Uh, they seem to be kind of in control of a one of the top seeds in the east here probably the, the number 2 seed at that you know as we stand right now but uh, I like Boston as the, the other two so I have two eastern conference teams uh with my both of, both of my number 2 seeds
1: I like it uh, quick question for you since you you have Boston right there at number 2 do you think that Kyrie Irving has a valid case to be in the consideration for MVP
0: yeah, I think he does. He's definitely in consideration. Uh, I, I'm not going to give it to him over someone, you know, like Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think what he's done for Boston. You know, they lost their their face of the franchise during the offseason season, the Thomas, and um, obviously you know, we know what he has, you know, what's happened to him since then. But he's kind of made Boston fans forget about that. Like they, it's been a very easy transition for Celtics fans to go from um, one face of the franchise point guard to the other, and they did lose a lot of guys too. Uh, A.V. Bradley, for example, Jay Crowder, a lot of role players that were key, and he's kind of come in and made that transition easy for them. So I think he's definitely in consideration. Obviously, I'm not going to give it to him, but um, he definitely warrants you know the, the the consideration to me.
1: Absolutely, I would agree with that. He's kind of one of my, my dark horses to get. Uh, not the MVP, but I think he'll end up stealing a lot more votes than people uh, than people anticipate right. him going getting away with. The three seeds for me, I have two Eastern Conference teams as the three seeds. I have the Boston Celtics, and I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I know that they are fourth right now in the Eastern Conference uh, standings uh, for the playoffs, but I just I can't. I can't look over a team that has LeBron James. And they have some interesting young guys. I I really like Larry Nance uh, Jr. playing with LeBron James. If Rodney Hood can get healthy, I really like him as a piece. Uh, Jarrett Smith has had some okay games, uh, kind of starting to put back together at the end of the season here. You have uh, Jordan Clarkson. He's an interesting piece off the bench. Uh, I think George Hill could be interesting in the playoffs. I just like the role players around him, and it's LeBron James, so I have him at the three spot. Who do you have as your three seeds?
0: I have, like I said, Portland. Um, They mentioned them as one of the twos. I have them at three they are really, I mean, you're, you're right about Lillard. Oh, They are, that's a superstar guard combo. Mm-hmm. They have, and, uh, it's, Lillard has been, you know, uh, bravely underappreciated, uh, you know, during his career as a, really a star player. And a lot of that's just because he's in the West and there's so many, you know, dominant wh- guards in the Western conference. But, um, so I have, I have Portland and the Blazers at a three. I also have the Spurs, and this is controversial, I think, because they're out of the playoff picture right now. They're at number nine, I believe. Um but if and when they get Kawhi Leonard back, which I believe is supposed to be before the end of the regular season, um, they're going to be dangerous. He's, I think he's a top three player in the league when healthy. Um, and I think he kind of can take them to another level, to a level similar to Houston and Golden State. So uh, I have them at number three. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to a potential first round playoff series between the Spurs and either the Warriors or Rockets if the Spurs wind up with a seven or eight seed. Because that could be fun. And you know, who knows, it is the San Antonio Spurs and they have a history of, um, making things interesting in the playoffs for sure.
1: Wow, very interesting. I thought I had them. I have them coming up in a little bit here. I thought I had them early and going at number three with the San Antonio Spurs. Drew working with some brass over there. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. You got you to gotta make
0: bold statements on this, right?
1: Exactly. I, I no, I love it. I love it. Uh, my question for you is, if Kawhi comes back. Do you think that they've figured out a way to have Lamarcus Aldridge play as efficiently as he possibly can? And the way he's played throughout this season, he's played great basketball, was an all star. Mm-hmm. Do you think they have a, a kind of a system or a, a way that they play this out in mind where Kawhi comes back and they still have Lamarcus playing at that level?
0: You know, obviously it's going to get adjustment right away. Uh, but I'm not one to doubt Greg Popovich right mm-hmm. now. And. Um, you know, uh, if anything, you know you're going to get a an elite wing defender and Leonard back um, on the defensive side of the the ball. I don't, there will be obviously a huge step up offensively. Again, the chemistry and reworking him back into things will be somewhat of a you know it'll take some time, obviously. But I think again, Aldrich has been phenomenal, like you said. But I think if you add Kawhi Leonard in, you know, after after some time, it can only be a good thing. A guy of superstar caliber like that.
1: No, absolutely, and. Two, you have some young guys like the springing to mind, DeJounte Murray, uh, who has played really well defensively, so now you might have a better defensive unit than uh, than last season as well, which is helpful, especially Mm -hmm. in the playoffs when you might play a team like the Rockets. All right. Now, at number four, I have two Western Conference teams. I have the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Oklahoma City Thunder at number four for me. I. I really love uh, the way the Timberwolves have played this season, and I actually wrote an article uh, for the MSU Reporter, where I go to school, I wrote an article on Towns and how he is kind of developing, Not only you knew he was going to be an All-Star, and he was an All-Star this year, but he is kind of transforming and taking on the mold, a little bit of, of a superstar and a blue chipper here, over the last few games without Butler taking over the team, taking over games uh, over the last couple of weeks, and... It, now that he is playing like this, the return of Butler in the playoffs, this could be a very dangerous team uh, if if Towns can keep going on the pace that he is currently at. And with the Oklahoma City Thunder, they have trouble putting it together some games, but when they're able to figure out how to play Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmel Anthony all together as a trio, uh, they're really dangerous, uh, and they're all... All stars, and so it's hard to count them mm. out too too far or put them too far down on this list, especially when Paul George and, and Russell Westbrook are still uh, in their primes.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with both of you on these four seeds, or both of your four seeds. You're actually. I uh, have Minnesota number four, and I only have them that high because I anticipate Jimmy Butler returning at mm. least. I think before the re- end of the regular season, um, I would have the Wolves much farther down in the list. I believe. Uh, If they were, you know, if Butler was not returning. Um, So I have Wolves for it, and for all the reasons that you said, it does look like now, too, I mean, with the win over the Warriors, the win over the Wizards last night, um, that they are finding, you know, a rhythm here without Butler on offense. Uh, Nemanja Nemanja Bialica, you can't say enough about what he's done as the fill-in three, um, both offensively and defensively. He's been stud. So um, I have the Wolves of the 14, also OKC. um, Russell Westbrook, uh, Paul George from three-point range has been phenomenal all season long. Uh, and then Carmelo Anthony, too, kind of as a uh, third-wheel scoring punch when the, when the Thunder need it. Uh, that's a trio of perennial all-stars, like you said. So uh, definitely a team that can kind of catch lightning in the bottle and light up anybody in the league. So I do have both of those teams, number four. And, um, it, again, it's one of those things where you look at the West and how many teams we have on, on our list right now from the Western Conference. Um, it's pretty remarkable, really, what, uh, um, what you, when you look at it, how unbalanced it is sometimes.
1: No, I definitely agree with that. Uh, the other thing I would like to say about uh, the Timberwolves before we move on here is that you can say what you want about some of their defensive woes, but when you look at teams around the NBA, few teams are as reliable. Once you get once you get past the the top tier, and I would say the the Warriors and the Rockets are that top tier. Once you get past those two teams, there are few teams that pl- that play consistently on offense like the Timberwolves do. And I know they've had bad mm-hmm. losses to teams like the Magic or the Suns or or the Hawks and and those don't look great and they have had a problem of playing down to competition at some points during the season, but regardless, their offense is sixth in the NBA and they are very consistent on that side of the ball. Yep. So they are just a couple players away from figuring this out defensively, and offensively, you know that you have to contend with a team that's going to put up at least 100 and, 105 points a night.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it, it's so weird. I always think about this, too, because the way Tom Thibodeau's offenses is, is, you know, it's not three-point heavy, and every mm. other high-ranked offense in the, in the NBA – is heavy on three point shooting. Obviously, both State Houston are prime examples, but uh, the Wolves just don't shoot threes and they don't make a lot when they do shoot them. It's but you know, they can make up for it by, by you know winning the turnover battle, shooting a bunch of free throws. It's just it's a very old school way of scoring a lot of points. But you know, Tom Thibodeau has made it work. So for that, I mean, for you know whether you, your thoughts on the Derrick Rose signing or whatever, uh, you have to at least give him credit for that. He's making old school offense work uh, in 2018.
1: No, absolutely. And you got to think, too, uh, Bielitsa, the other night against the Wizards, Bielitsa going 3-for-7 was enough floor spacing to really give Towns plenty of room down low, uh, which is more to say about Towns. He doesn't need a lot of space to really go to work. And those are very efficient. When you have Towns down low or in the post, or even from that 15-18-foot range, those are very efficient shots that he's taking. And they were mm-hmm. shooting going into the last, I think it was the last four minutes of that game, they are f- shooting 51% from the field. So they're a tough team to defend because they're not taking those high-risk shots. They're passing around, right. finding the open guy, or they're getting into Towns, and Towns can do work. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I, would, I would argue that Towns, um, just pure talent. He's one of the most efficient uh, big-man scorers, really, in NBA history. Uh, if you look at it, you combine a three-point shooting, and just how efficient he is uh, around the basket. Even that jump hook is deadly. No one can block it. No one can disrupt it. Um, it's it's truly remarkable what he has done in his career. and He's got a lot of time left. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he can accomplish. Because, I mean, this, this, this he's, a, he's a superstar already. And he's, what, 22? Uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. He is so much fun to watch. Uh, we're going to take a quick break for some sponsors before we get to the second half of our seeding in our list. So, okay. I... Five, I have the San Antonio Spurs. We talked about them. You, uh, you put them up even further on the list, but uh, I don't think you can put them any lower than five just with uh, Greg Popovich, how well they've played despite their best player being out and the fact that Kawhi Leonard should return before the end of the season. Uh, the, my other five seed is the New Orleans Pelicans. I love how uh, Anthony Davis has played. He's a monster. He's been balling out. He is he has rocketed the Pelicans up into the into the top tier of the of the playoffs right now. They sit at uh at the the five spot in the playoffs. I don't think a lot of people even thought they would finish higher than eighth in the playoffs if they made it at all. So he has been balling out. Also. Role players like Drew Holiday have been playing really well. Rajon Rondo's had some solid games. Guys around him have been stepping up and playing well despite the the loss of Boogie, and they have been really impressive. I love the way Anthony Davis is playing, so I put them at five. Who are your five seeds, Drew?
0: I have Cleveland and Utah in my five seeds. I think Utah might be a bit surprising, but uh, I have the Cavs uh, with my number five. I think you know. Uh, Again, when you have LeBron James on your team, you're always going to have a chance at the finals. I mean, he's gone a seventh straight We We get that. Um, But it it just seems like he's carrying more, or he's forced to carry more of a load this season um, amidst all the moves and the the trades and whatever on the trade deadline day. But it just seems like he's being forced to carry more of a load this season than in the past. Um, So I have them a bit lower than maybe most would agree with. Uh, And then I have Utah. I think, you know, they've been in the last, what, two months, they've really turned it on and kind of, you know, vaulted themselves into the playoff race here. Um, and it looks like they're finding that chemistry together. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is a fantastic uh, young player, uh, you know, possibly a rookie of the year um, suddenly here for Utah. So I think they're going to be in the playoffs, and I have them as, you know, one of my five seats here, which might be a bit surprising, but I think it's one of those things where um, a team getting hot at the end of the season it can really make noise in the playoffs. So uh, I have them as one of the five as well.
1: For number six, I've got the Milwaukee Bucks, Washington Wizards. Uh, Washington, I I really love Bradley Bill and the way he's playing and the way he's leading this team. He's averaging about 21 points per game with uh, John Wall out over the last 20 games. He has been playing really well. Kelly Oubre Jr. Ha- is kind of your like perfect three and D guy where he doesn't suck up a bunch of three point shots, but when mm-hmm. he is feeling it, he does take shots, and so it's a good trade off where he 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 kind of is a it seems like he's self aware enough to not knock down shots when he's when he's missing jumpers, but when he's feeling hot, he can put up 17, 19 points, and he is a, a solid defensive wing piece, and uh, Otto Porter. Uh, is another guy who kind of fits into his role really nicely, where he does a lot of slashing to the basket. He's really good in transition. He's not going to stretch you too much from outside, but they have enough of that already, and he does a good job fitting into his role. And Marquise Morris is, is another guy who's going to help them on defense, and then he's, he's that intermediate shooter who's not going to yep. stretch the floor too much, but you don't need him to because you have Oubre and Bradley Beal. I like this team. I also really like the Milwaukee Bucks, putting them at 6. Maybe he's even is a little low. I really... I think they can be a problem in the playoffs with their length defensively and the offense that Eric Bledsoe and and uh, and Giannis Antetokounmpo can bring to the table. I think is going to be a problem for teams, especially with their size.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I actually, have Milwaukee as um, one of my sixes as well. I have the other one as New Orleans. So I talk about length and um, you know long arms. I guess you can talk about Anthony Davis and Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> um, a couple of just freak human beings, freak athletes, freak at basketball players. Uh, basically the two reasons essentially why these two teams are at number six. Anthony Davis is kind of carrying Pelicans right now, and then obviously with Milwaukee you think of Giannis. Um they do have, you know, obviously there are a bunch of role players on Milwaukee as well as Middleton, or Eric Bledsoe, a bunch of guys that can contribute outside of Giannis. But um I, I do agree with, you know, you I think you both have you had New Orleans I believe at five and I and Milwaukee at six. So I have both of those teams as my sixes. Um uh, but yeah, I, I agree that, you know, when you have a player as good as Davis or as good as Giannis, um, it's one of those things where uh, you can really compete with any team if that player can carry that much of a, you know that carry that much on his back. I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Uh, for seven, I have the L.A. Clippers and the Indiana Pacers. Uh, I really like the the superstars on this Pacers team, uh, or maybe not superstars is the wrong word, but they're studs. I like Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner. I'm a huge fan of. Uh, they don't have a. T- I think it's not really B role players around them, more like C role players, uh, which is why uh, you see some really poor performances. Uh, that said, they are mm-hmm. they are in the top of the uh, of the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, they have the four, or excuse me, the three spot right now in the Eastern Conference. So they've been able to put some wins together lately, but they're just they're entirety of their roster doesn't impress me as much as a couple of their studs and then the LA Clippers they've been able to piece it together with uh some role players uh piecing it together after the trades uh at the beginning of the season and then through the middle of the season they've still been able to put together a pretty solid roster and they're in the bottom of the Western Conference and and I just like their players like Lou Williams the Tobias Harris I like those guys I think they can make a playoff series at least interesting and so I have them slide there at seven who you got Drew?
0: Yeah, I got Washington and Indiana as my sevens. Uh, you know, and you talked about Washington before. Um, all those kind of three and D, well, not three and D, more of us, you know, wing defenders and then guys mm-hmm. that can make some or shoot for three as well. Bradley Beal a three point shooter, but then a Porter, Ubre, a couple of guys that can also be up on the wing, which you don't have a lot of teams that have that kind of defensive uh, ability on, at the wing position. So I have Washington as a seven, also Indiana. Uh, you talked about you know their studs Owen depot, Turner. A uh, couple guys that can really carry a team, but then you know they do need more contributions from their role guys. Um, if they can get that in the playoffs, they can make some noise for sure. And they are a three seed right now, above Cleveland. Um, but you know, I, I I just don't trust Indiana. And that's probably just unfair to them. <laughs> just it's just that they're they're uh, they are they do not have the resume you know on the roster of you know playoff experience uh, et cetera that I you know it's just this year I guess we're seeing Victor Oladipo really become. A superstar in this league. So, um, definitely a bright future. I'm uh, just mm-hmm. not willing to trust them yet. So, those are my sevens Washington and Indiana.
1: No, for sure. For sure. Uh, at the number eight, closing out our bracket here, I have the Utah Jazz and the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the Jazz, you talked about how they've heated up here. Uh, they are actually not in the playoffs right in, as of right now, but they're just on the outside looking in. I, I like the Jazz. I like some of the pieces on there. I love Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I love Rudy Gobert. And I think that they at the end of the day, they can make a, a playoff series very interesting, especially with the way Donovan Mitchell has played this season. He's been remarkable. Remarkable leads all rookies in scoring. Uh, and the Philadelphia 76ers, I know a lot of people have been really high on them. I they're a, they're a really young team still and right now they are uh they may even be overachieving as far as maybe projections from the beginning of the season so I have them slide at eight. I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything in the playoffs, just because when a team really digs into what they do well and what they don't do so well over a seven-game series, I think that they're going to. There's going to be a lot of problems that flesh out, uh, especially on the defensive side. Uh, but on the offensive side, Ben Simmons not, <coughs> excuse me, Ben Simmons not being able to shoot is going to be something that I think gets exacerbated in the playoffs. But they still have a, a young. Uh, a young team that has some very good rookies in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And so they still make my list. They just make it in at the 8th spot.
0: Yeah, I also feel he is an 8th just for all the reasons that you said. Obviously, a ton of talent. Um, Joel Embiid is going to be one of the best big men in the league pretty soon if he's not ready. Uh, Simmons also just, you know, you don't get a point guard at 6'10 like that uh, very often. A guy that can put up a triple-double on any night. Um, but then, like you mentioned, the, the shooting weakness, and I guess that's where you can kind of look to JJ Redick, and another guy that can sort of heat up from outside and kind of somewhat balance that out. But um, and I also have Miami as my other eighth seed. um in the uh, kind of wrapping up my Eastern Conference teams here, so um, you know, I I, I I like Miami. I think they can kind of squeak in there, but I'm not. I was looking at my other options here for that last spot, and I didn't. I wasn't too impressed with anything else, so I just kind of have Miami as the default pick. Um, but yeah, so I have uh, Philadelphia and Miami as my eight seeds, rounding out my uh, my bracket there.
1: I like it. Uh, quick question for you about Miami: When you you're looking at this roster. Does it just strike you as the last couple of years of Miami where they just have kind of this this flotsam and jetsam uh, around a couple guys and they're making it work? Or do you actually like some of these young pieces? Do you think Winslow can actually start to heat up at the end of the season here and and show something on offense that he hasn't shown yet in his NBA career? Uh, Guys like James Richardson can actually uh, turn things on and and start to become uh, guys who are more than just a, a role player? Or do you just think that it's really good coaching, a really good system?
0: I mean, it's both. We know how good you know uh, Spolster is as a coach. I mean, we understand that, but um, it is weird that you know like you are looking at their numbers and they have basically a, a number of guys that are um, that could score league score any night. You know, uh, you have um, you know Wade Ellington can light up from the outside and get hot. You know, you have you know Tyler Johnson, Dragic, Waiters, all these different guards, Richardson um, that can just on any night go out and put up twenty points and be their league scorer. So. Uh, and asked wiped white on the inside when he's healthy is a beast as well. So um, there are you know a lot of different contributors on that team, I think that can that at least it makes you tough to coach and game plan against because it's you can never kind of mm-hmm. plan for one guy. Uh, so I think that you know, and again, waiters has done it for the year, we uh, which unfor- is unfortunate for them. but um, it's just a, a team like that is tough to game plan against because you really don't know exactly how or which guy is going to get hot. Um, so I think in that respect, Miami can be can be dangerous, but um, again, I think there's a lot of development needs, needs to be done with a lot of those guards. So
1: Absolutely, absolutely. They're, they're an interesting team for sure. Uh, that concludes uh, Drew and I bringing, bringing March Madness to the NBA, uh, drafting through and bracketing out uh, the two playoffs, uh, having a little bit of fun with the March Madness season. Thank you so much, Drew, for coming on. Uh, Do you have anything to plug, any shows or articles that you have to plug before we head out here?
0: I will just say keep tuning in to CandiceHoopis.com and Vikingsterritory.com. Those are the two places where my work. Um, The Vikings podcast is on hold for the time being, but um, check those places out because myself and the respective teams I'm with are always uh, churning out content every day, so I would check those two places out
1: fantastic and after you're done checking out those places and and reading that fantastic content make sure to go back to the locked on podcast network and and find another podcast that you like another host that you like got a bunch of great content on there as well also go check out the fan locked on timberwolves site if you want any written content uh you can check it out there thank you again drew for coming on and thank you to the listener for tuning in to another locked on wolves podcast part of the Locked On podcast network are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.